0: I'm shy as champagne. Welcome to my show. I'm shy to champagne. Where we drink and lift each other up. I'm shy as champagne. Love is the answer. Grace is the way. Shy champagne. We're anchored in hope. The Shade Champagne Show. And we keep the faith, entertainment, education, inspiration. Shade Champagne, Shade Champagne. Welcome to the Shade Champagne Show. I'm Shade Champagne.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Sade Champagne Show on Grind Hard Radio and 57WLLE.net, the beat of the city of Raleigh, North Carolina. My theme song was produced by Alberto Morello Hernandez, recorded and mixed by the Quakes, and written by me. We are still celebrating the new year here on the Sade Champagne Show, For this week's episode, I have a very special guest, my dear friend and one of my favorite comedians, Corey Michaelis. His album, The Collage Dropout, reached number two on iTunes and Billboard. His dry bar comedy special has over 45 million views, and he was on season one of Huge in France on Netflix and has toured in Pakistan, Dubai, and Oklahoma. To give him a little extra special welcome, I want you all to welcome the one and only dynamic Corey McCaleb. <laughs>
2: Tori, oh, wow. happy very, new year.
3: Very, very, I feel very welcome. Uh, happy <laughs> new year to you too. I forgot that I wrote a joke in my intro there. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> laughing over here. And I wrote that, I, yeah, the Oklahoma was a joke. I mean, I have toured Oklahoma, but that's just a, a, a silly joke. Because it's nowhere on Pal- Dubai in Pakistan. So <laughs> you just were honest. But you got here. me there. very nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm excited to have you. How are you and how was your holiday?
3: Uh, it was good. Christmas was good. I, uh, did a Zoom Christmas with my family. We played bingo and had drinks and, uh, it was Mm -hmm. really pretty fun to be honest. It wasn't so bad at all. I mean, uh, Mm we got together, but, um, my parents are, my mom's super paranoid about uh, about mm-hmm. COVID, and uh, as she should be, but also like uh, some silliness sometimes where I go, "Oh, you're fine. You can do that. Like you don't have to wear a mask and a shield while you go on a walk outdoors." But uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs> and uh, I- so, uh, so with Thanksgiving, we went through the whole like rigmarole, and we all got tested, and we all stayed inside for a few days, and or for about a week, and then we. Um, and then we all met up, and it was great. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of work to just make it happen, to make mm-hmm. everybody feel comfortable. So uh, Christmas, we mm-hmm. decided, like, hey, let's just kind of, well, well it, it, we're vaccines not far off, hopefully, and uh, you know, whatever. So, um, mm-hmm. and then New Year's was I had a show on New Year's Eve outdoors at this these uh, people's house, and mm-hmm. uh, they fed me drinks. So yesterday was a little rough, and uh, here we are, we're back, <laughs> I'm ready to go, I'm ready to take on the world, how was yours? your good? awesome
1: self, my holiday was good yeah. too, I just stayed at home with my mom and um, for Christmas, and then I was just inside for New Year's Eve as well, my best friend Sarah and I, we looked at the lights downtown um, at the collection at Oxnard, because it's always so beautiful there, took some photos and just... Got some food at Whole Foods and came back to my place and relaxed and just reflected on the year. So it was a good holiday for sure.
3: There you go. Yeah, Oxnard. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what'll come up after all this? But there was a comedy club there for a minute. So I'm, but I never been. Yes. To, yeah. Never been to the uh, area. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, we uh, Ventura Harbor. That's where we. Yes. I met you, you years ago.
1: That's so funny because that's where I, you are in my head. I was literally going to be like, I want to share with our audience how we met. That was so cool because it was at least three years ago where we met at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, and my mom and mm-hmm. I were going to, I think, like a celebratory weekend with them at the club. I think like there's seven or eight years of being there, and so they had like, all these amazing comedians over the weekend, and you happen to be one of the comedians there, and you stuck out to us, not like a sore thumb, but like the amazing (laughs) gem that you are, and so it was so cool, and and we really connected, you know, with you from the first moment we saw you, and you're so freaking funny, and you and I have become friends since then and and been supporting one another, and so it's been really cool just to, to watch you continue to shine and be you.
3: Hi, right, so nice, you as well. And I, I, uh, so always so nice. You guys are front row, I remember. And, uh, it's, uh, that club is, uh, um, really fun to perform at because the audiences are generally really receptive and, and cool. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. a little chatty and drunk and sometimes a little bit old, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they, uh, regardless, they're fun. And I, I hope, you know, a club like that can can make it through all this. And that was just one of those weekends where I was just, I happened to be in town. And this is the way comedy works sometimes is you just, gosh, I can't even recall how I connected to the owner to be able to Mm -hmm. get the spot. But eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, I finagled my way up to headlining the last time I was there. And uh, so Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
3: I went from just some dude who randomly popped in
0: few years ago
3: <laughs> to them letting me headline and um mm-hmm. we uh I can't recall but I had there was one time in between those two also so I can't mm-hmm. recall which ones you went to. But yeah, Fun Little Club and uh, gosh you miss performing live and I wish I missed going to all these uh sunny cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And getting away <laughs> from. I'm in Seattle for whoever
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, has, has been. I'm in Seattle and I very, very rainy and cold right now and dreary this time of year. So,
1: mm-hmm. Corey, share with us how did you get your start in comedy and entertainment and when did you know that you wanted to make this your career?
3: Mm, well, uh, I was teaching high school for 12 years. Or I did uh-huh. for 12 years. And about seven years in, teaching high school, me and a buddy of mine were like, we're funny in the classroom, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we just kind of <laughs> pumped, pumped each other's egos on that. And we're like, well, we should try comedy. And uh, uh-huh. But we were like, oh, I was, in my, I was like 30. He was like almost 40. And we were like, I don't know. We were just like adults who were married. And he had kids. And we live." about 45 minutes from the city. So we're like, well, how do we, do we show up at an open mic or how does this work? And, um, through a little research, we found a comedy class and mm-hmm. it was four sessions of a couple of hours each. And then you perform or three maybe, and then you write an act and then you perform it live and, uh, and do a real show. And so that we did. And, mm-hmm. um, Gosh, some of this is so embarrassing. I I, have, I never tell this part of the story, but for about a year afterwards, we would bust out the CD or the DVD of our act and pop it mm-hmm. in, like wow. for for part, for parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And oh, god, that's embarrassing. I remember just making no. people sit around and listen <laughs> to us do comedy. Gross. But uh, <laughs> we just we both did pretty well, and so. Um, we kept trying to find ways to like, like I kept doing sets here and there and he and I put together our own little workshop for our friends, which Mm -hmm. honestly we had no business doing. We didn't know enough about comedy to be teaching other people comedy, but whatever, we were (laughs) just trying to keep doing stuff, you know? And, uh, Mm -hmm. and then I, um. I kind of just was, uh, it was on the side. I was doing it. and I was doing the summers when, you know, as a teacher, you had in the summer off. And then eventually mm-hmm. I, uh, my wife and I at the time split up and, uh, I no longer sort of had to be beholden to, or responsible for another person's life and livelihood and happiness, you know, and,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
3: uh, we get along great. And she's great. And it was the right decision, but, uh, Um, But I was like, oh, okay, well, I should should give this a shot. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so about five years ago, six years ago, five years ago, Mm -hmm. I uh, took a year off from teaching a leave of absence and uh, did comedy only. And then um, after the year, they were like, hey, you want to come back to teaching? And I was like, "Uh, no. (laughs) But also, (laughs) (laughs) what would you have me Teaching out of curiosity because um, you come back to your same school district, but you don't get your same exact job. You get whatever they have mm. to offer you,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they're like, "Okay, well, we would love to have you teach middle school." And I was like, "Okay, you can stop right there." <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would never. Have, I'm glad. I'm glad. You, I would never have done that anyway. And so, yeah. So then I started doing comedy full time. I sub taught on the side a little bit and uh, um, because that paid well and I needed to be able to afford food so (laughs) I did that (laughs) and and now this year you know this last year has been very bizarre but uh, um, school year started back up with virtual classes in my district and substitute teachers are it's an option but it's just not there's not very many jobs available but it's fine because I uh, got to the point where I may not need to substitute teach anymore. So, which wow. is kind of nice uh, to be mm-hmm. like an actual hey, this is my career <laughs> it's working. So.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Took a while. And you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, I know you, well, you can tell that you've been doing it for a while and that you're seasoned with it, you know, and. Because just with the way you carry yourself and how you're able to work an audience and just with the calmness and pace that you have on stage, you know, you can tell that it's something that you you have put put a lot of time and effort and energy into and you are literally working to, you know, perfect every single day. And so, you know, you mentioned with um, obviously how crazy this past year was, you know, and so as a comedian and entertainer, how have you been navigating your way through the pandemic? And what advice can you give to other aspiring and up-and-coming comedians, entertainers, and artists?
3: Yeah, so I, uh, so I man, this is like a boost my ego session here. Uh, so, well, the the, the <laughs> good the truth, news uh, about stand-up comedy during uh, you know a global pandemic <laughs> is that um, when times are typical. Mm-hmm. We're very, very busy, and we're traveling, and we're um, uh, doing shows, you know, lots of shows, of course, but mm-hmm. sometimes we're not, you know, doing a ton of writing. Um, mm-hmm. We know we're depending upon, or, or the other thing, because, cause, you know, it's the joke that comedians make, is like, I work for an hour a day, and it's like a joke, but <laughs> also... I think some comedians literally view it that way. Like they don't do, they just do their act and then go home and that's it and whatever. There's so mm-hmm. much. And then, and then if you're tr- if you're really working hard and unless you have, unless you're rich enough or, or famous enough to have like everybody doing this work for you, you have to be uh, on your social media constantly and. Posting mm-hmm. constantly and connecting with bookers and uh, mm-hmm. venues and other comedians constantly and promoting your shows and marketing your shows constantly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, during this time, you take away the promotion and the marketing of a show, uh, take away the making the poster for a show because that's not, not much of that study. So there's things that I'm not doing so I can do other mm-hmm. things and Uh, My big thing is to have ingenuity and creativity and pivot your, you know, embrace what's happening and pivot. And
2: Mm -hmm. there are other
3: ways, especially with social media and the internet. There are lots of other ways to Mm -hmm. do comedy and, uh, or or produce funny things or share funny things. And I've done lots and lots of Mm -hmm. virtual shows at the beginning, a bunch of people were like, I'm not doing a virtual show. Well, now Mm -hmm. they look real silly because we're almost a year (laughs) into this. And so they just haven't performed for a year, which is a silly way. But I've really embraced and pivoted. And I don't know, a part of this last seven years or eight years of my life has also been really focusing on, like, um, positivity and being Mm -hmm. – just all the things connected to, like, not being – or feeling like I've been victimized uh, um, and controlling what I can control and there's some things you can't control and um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: in that vein, there are a lot of people that I read and think about it As if, One is like, uh, how important creativity is in any
2: mm-hmm.
3: field and um,
2: mm-hmm. creativity
3: is giving the world something that it didn't know it was missing out on is my favorite definition mm-hmm. of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I could view that as like jokes about poop. Sure. (laughs) Or (laughs) I could view that as, you know, there's some people who've done a really good job during this time of producing material and things that, uh, people didn't even know they were missing out on. They didn't even know they wanted to consume and enjoy Mm -hmm. consuming and, you know, you see it on social media and TikTok has gone crazy and popular and
2: uh, mm-hmm.
3: a lot of show there's certain shows that are movies and shows and things that are that are very popular and interesting to people and we didn't know we mm-hmm. needed Tiger King but apparently we needed the Tiger King uh, <laughs> you <know>, then <it> <laughs> Necessity and and me and my buddy mm-hmm. we have pre created a a virtual show where we did jokes at the beginning and then mm-hmm. welcomed a guest to perform and then we stopped doing that and turned it into a podcast and so now mm-hmm. we have a podcast called Homeschool with a K mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes is us doing jokes about the last week of uh mm-hmm. you know the world what's going on in the world and then we just talk mm-hmm. to each other for a while and a guest and so that's kind of been our way to uh, make sure that we were writing every day, and then out of that, he pulled a bunch of jokes and created a little comedy special named Andrew Rivers,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and he mm-hmm. put that out on YouTube, and it's it's uh, doing pretty well on YouTube. And um, I've been doing tons and tons of corporate virtual shows,
2: mm. um, especially wow.
3: holiday and Christmas holiday and Christmas parties because these companies usually have entertainment at their Christmas party, right? and Usually mm-hmm. they have to book this big venue and they have to cater it mm-hmm. and they have to provide mm-hmm. drinks and they have to fly in entertainment and put them up in a hotel and now they're like mm-hmm. not doing any of that. And they're doing it virtually instead and that means they can uh, they can still pay, you know, they got some room in the budget yeah. to pay a comedian and I just, you know, right. sit in my uh living room with a green screen and a Zoom call and no pants and uh do jokes. <laughs> Yeah, thirty minutes.
1: Wow. So. Yeah, it's so it's so. so if you're awesome out to there and you have a company you. and
3: you want to entertain your employees, uh, I'm real mm-hmm. good at it. So. <laughs> yes, you sure are.
1: You sure are, and. What's been so awesome, and I tell you this often, you know, because you're very inspiring, and you always encourage me, and to see the way you have navigated your way through, you know, this pandemic, and to see like you're you're so quick on your feet, and how and witty, and how you think, you know, and like you said with your creativity, and and just always like. I feel like you're very forward thinking, but then still know how to be in the present. And it's so cool because it's like you said, before a lot of comedians and entertainers were open to these ideas. You were already like, yeah, let's go. How are different ways I can do this? And and then if there were in-person things that you did, you found ways that you could do it safely. And just the way, even with commercials and certain things that you had done and promoting venues and shows and just all the many aspects of who you are and what you do creatively, it was, it's very inspiring to me. And, I, that's one another reason I wanted to bring you on is because I wanted, you know, for other entertainers and artists that are listening and just anyone with a dream. Because like you said, creativity is a part of every career and every type of job. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, so awesome. And I was like, man, I want to, you know, talk to him more about this and, and get into his mind and his heart of how he does what he does, you know, and who he yeah, is. And people, it's a, uh, it's really cool to see.
3: Oh, uh, Thanks. Well, people, yeah, people think, I used to as well, I used to think, like, well, creative or, like, art or creativity, that's, like, painting and, like, drawing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sculpting. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, Mm -hmm. no, um, art is much more broad than that, for one. And then creativity, I mean, there's creativity in medicine, right? Obviously, that's a very obvious Mm -hmm. thing that we've seen in the last year, that you have to be really creative Mm -hmm. and clever when it comes to medicine uh, and produce Mm -hmm. things. And uh create mm-hmm. things that people need and they didn't know they needed. We didn't know we were gonna need a, a vaccine a year ago. We didn't know we were gonna need mm-hmm. a vaccine or whatever and uh mm-hmm. so um for me it's like uh my my that same buddy and I we we did complain a little bit, you know, or pout a little bit. Yeah. That's fine too. But uh
2: right. because
3: yeah. we we had just figured out like how to sell how to like book a venue not near our home, and right. sell tickets like like right. we had just figured out how to huge. promote those on Facebook, and we were yeah. so excited about it. And we had theaters locked down for July, uh, mm-hmm. and and we had trips planned to Hawaii. We already did two, but we were going to do another. Mm-hmm. And we had other cities that we were like looking into, and. Mm-hmm it all shut down and that all got canceled mm-hmm. and we could have been like, you know, crying and whining or whatever. And, uh, um, uh, but it's just like, well, it's a different season. And, uh, this year was, this year is writing and promoting, producing new material and, uh, mm-hmm. and putting it out virtually and maybe getting like, I kind of, uh, a few of my jokes went by now so it's viral, but they did really well on TikTok, And so now I have, a whole new 40,000 followers that I had zero wow. um, of nine months ago. And um, wow. I don't know if they that will translate to um, people coming to shows or being true fans or not. I don't know if that will, but a few for mm-hmm. sure. And as soon as I actually see, I and I forget about it. <laughs> I mean, this is the stuff that happens, mm-hmm. though. Like, I have this show tonight, right? And mm-hmm. I'm virtual, so anybody anybody could watch it tonight. And I mm-hmm. just now, saying this to you, realized, oh, jeez, I haven't, I didn't do anything on TikTok to promote it. But, uh, all right, well, mm-hmm. next time. <laughs> or, you know, maybe later <laughs> today I'll do something and throw it out there. But, yeah. So, uh, right. you know, maybe I need to go live on TikTok. And I never go live. Like, there's all these new things. Sometimes it's overwhelming, too, you know? So, yeah. You just yeah. got to like, keep not keep your head down, but like, all right, I know how to do, uh, you know, I know how to do Instagram, right. kind of, sort of, just do it, and uh, I'll
2: mm-hmm. learn the
3: new thing. But someone yeah. like Andrew Schultz, do you know Andrew Schultz comedy at all? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He had an interesting, he said, I want to win the pandemic. Like, I want to win it. I want to be the winner. Mm-hmm. when It's all said and done. I want to come out on mm-hmm. the other side as the comedian who did the best work during this time, and I think he's gonna succeed. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. he on his Instagram uh, mm-hmm. following and a show he was a show he was producing on Instagram. It was really really mm-hmm. well produced and great joke mm-hmm. that turned into a Netflix special. And wow. I assume a lot of money <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
3: and uh, way and more. Also, I'm sure than he was, was
1: making before
3: <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Right. So that um, yeah. he might, he might just uh, like be player of the year when it comes to
2: mm-hmm. comedy.
3: And then that's, yeah. and, you know, he already had a huge following and he already whatever. Right. So at my own personal level uh, and mm-hmm. Andrew, my buddy's personal level, Andrew's, a great example of, you know, so maybe also someone at some point to have on the show, but he uh similar thing where
2: mm-hmm.
3: he he just was like, yeah. wow, we we'll just just embrace and and then also to be honest, I've been uh, just enjoying life and golfing a lot too. So, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that
1: helps with I jokes just, too. Uh, that helps with jokes and your creativity.
3: For sure. Well, and just being feeling healthy and uh, happy mm-hmm. is uh, I think super important. And I I. I yeah. kind of feel badly right now being like, I mean, it's actually been a pretty good year for me, you know, so that, but I don't mm-hmm. want to like, but I know people are really, really struggling and some of that is outside their control for sure. Right. And also though, I think some of, uh, some of the stuff that's, you know, we have, we have maybe a little more control over than we mm-hmm. uh, give ourselves credit for. So, anyway. right.
1: And I just want to encourage you as also encouraging our listeners to embrace those moments of joy and that time. And like you said, if it's been a great time for you, obviously we are very empathetic and, you know, we feel um, for our loved ones and people that have lost others and that have lost jobs and things during this time. But, you know, we're being a human being, there's nuances to us. And so it is possible to feel that sadness and that um, that empathy for others, but then also to embrace the joy that you're having and, and the change sure. that's happening in your life, you know, and, and to know right. that we are all worthy of that. And like we said, it may not look the same in everyone's lives and, you know, but um, that we can still be glad and, and appreciative of what we're experiencing. And so fully embrace that. And, you know, um, also we wanted, I wanted to know, how do you organize your day, you know, and, and what does it look like for you in order for you to do all that you do, how you come up with your jokes? <laughs> because like you said, there's so many things like you have to, like already social media within itself can be a full-time job. And like you said, it can be overwhelming um, depending on how people are viewing it. Cause I have friends obviously, and you do as well who are popular influencers on social media and it is definitely a full-time job and some of them still have full-time jobs while doing that. And then also obviously with your, you know, it it is a part of your comedy, but obviously it is also, you know, um, that's a whole separate thing with what you do with your comedy and your shows. And then of course you do the booking and you do the networking and the connecting. And so what does it look like for you to organize your time and your day in order for you to do all you do? And how do you come up with your
3: jokes? Yeah. I mean, it's poorly done, (laughs) but uh, it was so much more, um, so that was the other thing about sub-teaching that was really helpful is that you, it made me get up in the morning, you know, and and, uh, and have a routine,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: the, the, you know, the, the secret is uh, that as a high school substitute teacher, you don't really do much work, um,
2: mm. and I was
3: really good at it because I was really good at <laughs> getting them to do... Yeah, I'm really good at not doing work. No, I'm really good at getting them to do what they're supposed to do uh, Mm -hmm. without any incidents or without any issue. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then I could um, monitor them while, you know, doing some of my electronic work that I need to do, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't super conducive to writing jokes because I had to pay close attention to what they were doing and just the level mm-hmm. of focus you need for writing a writing material is different than mm-hmm. the level of focus you need for, say, responding to a few emails or whatever. Um, but, uh, so that was really kind of helpful because I had this nice routine of like Monday through Wednesdays, I'm substitution getting a lot of that work done, go mm-hmm. home, nap, do some other, but, uh, and then, you know, Thursday through Saturday, usually I was doing shows, somewhere on the road. And um, uh, so this whole time has been a little different. And um, I, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I could do better at is like, okay, get up, do this, do, you know, get up and write in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that was, was helpful and I did do was take a, I read the book, The Artist's Way. It's a really Mm -hmm. good book and very popular in, um, Mm -hmm. you know, creative communities. Um, It's been Mm -hmm. around for, like, 20-plus years, I think, but it's Mm -hmm. essentially like a 12-step program for an artist, you know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. and one of the things is called Morning Pages, which isn't, uh, you know, a uniquely original idea to the book, but the idea of in the morning before doing anything else, writing three pages. Mm-hmm. of anything or whatever and so mm-hmm. when I was doing that I was that was really helpful and, and there was material in there and, and I was getting jokes out of it and I was I had a nice little like um, start to the day and uh, mm-hmm. but ultimately that is I believe the best you know if, mm-hmm. if I think that a really great comedian who is being the most efficient with their time would write every day rewrite mm-hmm. and then also try and turn some of that free writing into actual bits that might work um, mm. go up that night or close to that night try them, record it mm. listen to it the next day and uh, adjust edit Whatever mm. I have never Consistently done that, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I think, ah, imagine I'd be so much better if I, you know, did that. But uh, it's just, it is a, it's difficult, and uh, you know, that's
2: just Mm -hmm.
3: that's like I said with Mm -hmm. all the other things. You, it's so much easier to be like, "Mm, I'm gonna like, you know, um, edit a video and put that on Instagram because that's just so Mm -hmm. like what's the difference? It's the difference between like um, I don't know, there's no there's not a lot of mind mm-hmm. a lot of energy mm-hmm. and effort in your mind into editing, of, you know, throwing right, clipping and cutting a video and putting it up on Instagram it doesn't take much uh,
2: mm-hmm.
3: mental power I get what you're saying. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and focus and so now you can be distracted. You can be watching a TV show while you're doing it. Other things can be going on. You can be kicking back. You can stop it and go do something else. Writing mm-hmm. kind of needs to be for comedy, um, you know, uh, no distractions. And so mm.
2: um,
3: anyway, short story longer, uh, I <laughs> do a lot of mine just like as they, com- you know, as it comes to me and throw in a phone app and then do sort of a, when I get an opportunity, uh, open up a notebook or a Google doc and, uh, you know, play with it a little bit and throw some stuff in and what I'm feeling inspired or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather sit down pen in hand notebook on the table, you know, um, and uh, actually go to work and do it um, for, for every day or almost every day. But I don't, and that's where I am. <laughs>
1: well, you're still doing a pretty good job. So, And it's cool that, that self-awareness, like you said, but um, I, I I know that you're doing still a really great job at what you do, and, and obviously you get great results. So how have you been uh, – well, actually, I'll, I'll frame the question this way. You know, with everyone spending so much more time at home and they're on social media even more, do you feel like now you are more or less concerned with offending people, you know, with your posts and with your jokes and everything Mm. that you share online?
3: That's interesting. uh, In light of, like, so yesterday I saw a friend who's, like, a legitimate person I know, you know, Mm-hmm. for a while was a good friend, but just then with life, we haven't seen each other much in the last couple of years, but I could call mm-hmm. him today and we'd get together. And get, so he made a post
2: um, <clears throat> uh,
3: of him being on, you know, traveling. And he was, mm-hmm. he had two friends. I get four friends with him in the picture and two of the other, two of the people with him, are this couple that I also know. And I would say they're cool. We're all cool with each other. I like them. They like me. We're great. And mm-hmm. uh, I clicked, you know how you can, like, you go, hey, so-and-so with three other people or whatever, like, who's tagged? Mm-hmm. So I, I clicked to remind myself the name of the uh, another person that I don't really know very well. Anyhow, mm-hmm. short story longer. I <laughs> I noticed that this couple – had both unfriended me on Facebook and I was mm. like, it's upsetting. And then, mm-hmm. cause literally as recently as, I don't know, I rarely talk to them, but like on, in, Oh, and, and she had unfollowed me on Instagram.
2: Also. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, geez, that seems like a lot, but okay. And mm-hmm. I like, so I did this like deep dive of like, because I'm sensitive, yeah, and I don't want to be angering people. So I did this deep dive mm-hmm. of like, what communication have we had in these last nine months, you know, if any? I couldn't remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head. And mm-hmm. literally, it was like a year ago, the wife messaged me on Instagram and was like, "Hey, do you have any shows this weekend? We're looking to." And I was like, oh, no, I don't. I'm in Portland for a private show. And she was like, oh, okay, never mind. They go, oh, you don't want to drive mm-hmm. four hours and try and sneak into a show? <laughs> and she was like, no, not really. And I was like, "God, I understand. Have a good one. But so that was a year mm-hmm. ago. And then, like, six months mm-hmm. ago, there was, uh, you know, how you comment on someone's story. She mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's my favorite alcohol. You should try it with this other thing. And I was like, sounds great. looks like this lockdown isn't going to be so bad after all. And she mm-hmm. laughed and then that was it. Um mm-hmm. and that and, and he and I and the, and I and he's not like a guy who's a friend that I'm gonna be DMing and messaging and he did, he's not on social media very often, I don't think. So anyway, my point is mm-hmm. there's no interaction that was negative. So I'm like, Well what the heck mm-hmm. happened? And I all I and then I went to his Facebook page and it's a lot of posts that I wouldn't agree with, right? Um, mm-hmm. so it occurred, it occurred to me that it must be the jokes I've been making about politics. Somehow something rubbed in the wrong way or something political rubbed in the wrong way. I can't, I don't know. Cause I, most of, most of what I do is jokes So I, and I de- mm-hmm. definitely haven't like directly commented on anything that they've done, and mm-hmm. uh, so I, but I, I may never know. I may never get an opportunity to ask them. I'm not gonna, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like mm-hmm. message them because I don't even have their phone. You know, like we're not friends. And mm-hmm. she, I, you know, they won't, They may not even see it. And uh, so mm-hmm. it really bummed me out because uh, most because it mm-hmm. was like, oh, why? Well, I've never thought that I couldn't even be or like communicate with these two people because of what they believe. Like I knew, I know, Mm -hmm. I know where they stand or I have a pretty Mm -hmm. good idea of where they stand. And I honestly Mm -hmm. think we would agree on more things than they think or, you know, whatever, but I was really bummed Mm -hmm. out because, you know, losing a friend. Now I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not super bummed out about someone I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone I don't know, I'm like, whatever. Like, Mm
2: -hmm. you
3: came here for jokes, presumably. I don't know you, but you came here for jokes. (laughs) And my jokes are going to, you know, one of the things about comedy is you're supposed to try and avoid false premises. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to make something up to do a joke. That's one thing.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And then secondly, Mm -hmm. you know, you should be doing comedy from your perspective, Um, Mm, mm -hmm. but also you should be able to do it from other perspectives. You may not Mm want to put it in your act, but like, you know, your Twitter Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be everything you believe in, but it's just probably going to be, you know, it's probably going to be more like stuff that I care about Mm -hmm. or believe in. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's just the way it is. And if you were a comedian, you you, you would have different takes on things. So these are my takes. So, um, And you came Mm -hmm. here for that. And, uh, if you can't handle that, that bothers you too much. Yeah, that's cool. Move on. And that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. but one of the things that I think, uh, is is sort of important is if I can defend the joke, you know, and, uh, if after a show Mm -hmm. or if someone said something, if I could go, no, I'm totally fine and comfortable with that. I have no problem Mm -hmm. with saying that. Uh, I don't think it's an issue. Um, you know where that gets a little bit hairy is when it is when you're joking about something that you aren't um, mm-hmm. so like if you are joking about religion and it's not your religion or race and it's not your race then then that uh, becomes harder to defend if someone of that group is like, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. I don't like this but um but even mm-hmm. there, that's a part of the whole inclusive and recognizing uh diversity and not being ethnocentric or whatever is also recognizing mm-hmm. that not everybody in a group um agrees. Uh right. So that's and that's a that's you know what we often do to minority groups as white folks mm-hmm. is we go we try and lump them all as like the same. And that's a part that's that's kind of the whole, that's always been the issue. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so to that same end, you know, mm-hmm. it might, it have you know, you gotta yeah. listen to folks in groups that you're not in, um, and, you know, get more than one opinion. <laughs> I mean, I have a joke right. where, uh, trans folks are referenced in the joke. Right. And mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. taken great care to try and make sure that it isn't uh, in any way transphobic or in any way disrespectful, to that group, mm-hmm. because why, why would I want to, you know, point of the joke, the point of the joke is uh, something entirely different anyway. It mm-hmm. just so happens to be a true thing that was said to me. So, um, mm-hmm. by, by a young kid, you know, and so, um, you know, we, A lot of new comedians especially want to do a thing where they're like, oh, man, I like to be edgy. Or like Bill Burr talks about kicking a dog and people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. One of the best comedians uh, in the world uh, does a joke (laughs) in front of an audience that all paid a lot of money to see him and it works. Shocking, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's really good at comedy. Of course he was able to write a kicking a dog joke with nuance and cleverness yeah. in a way And then even you
1: see with them, half of the people are upset. You know, didn't mean to cut you off, but you even see, cause you hear, there's a lot of people that like that, but then there's still, now as we see with, you know, more of the PC culture or more um, highly opinionated culture, and of course people are very sensitive, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Half and of having the a people voice. people still don't like them. Right.
3: Well, and that's the thing is like Bill Burr's not well liked by a lot of people, but that he doesn't need everybody to like him, nor do mm-hmm. I. And you know, the, what I've noticed is I haven't, I'm not aware of anyone who has received significant um, consequences for what they've said on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. that's happening with regard to like consequences or canceling quote unquote canceling, even canceling is interesting because even the people who are supposed to cancel, they're still doing work for the most part, most of them. Um, but Mm -hmm. anyway, all of that is their behavior online or, um, in their personal lives that's getting them Mm -hmm. in trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. none of it is what they're saying on stage.
2: Um, -hmm.
3: now, what they're saying on stage sometimes reflects how they are with who they are as a person. And uh, Mm -hmm. also some people take issue to what they say on stage, but I'm not Mm -hmm. aware of anyone who's been canceled purely for jokes they made on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. Except for maybe like, uh, except for maybe like Michael Richards, you know, Kramer from years and years and years Mm -hmm. and years ago when he was, and deservedly so he was, he went on a crazy rant that's uh and he wasn't a good comic anyway. He was a great, he's a great comedic actor, but he's not like a good up. So, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was some crazy career that was being canceled in stand up. but uh, he basically mm-hmm. went away and lived off his Seinfeld money and he's fine. And, uh, you know, he's not destitute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just right. like, so like, I can yeah, I, I waver back and forth. I'm like, no. Nah, people can say what they want to say. And then I make a joke and someone gets upset and I go, well, you're being an idiot. But I think that's the mm. thing is like, just stand by what you said. Then if, what exactly is mm. it? that People want to say that they can't say, <laughs> like,
2: mm-hmm. what are you,
3: you know, what are you so upset that you can't say? What do are you, are, you must want to say some really bad stuff, I guess. <laughs> like, is that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, it is tough in comedy though. I understand because, because we are making jokes and I, what some people I think don't realize or don't agree with, or I think don't realize, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they don't agree mm-hmm. with it, is is that with, if the joke is told palatably and properly, then it can speak, even if it is undercutting or making fun of, quote unquote, uh, something, or, or even punching down a little bit, it's still... Uh, can have the effect of drawing attention to something for the purpose of making it better, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can talk about, you can do jokes about, Bill Burr did jokes about the Me Too movement on SNL or or like uh, women Mm -hmm. generally, I guess. He's not Mm -hmm. a woman and he's doing jokes about women on SNL and some people took issue with it. And I would say those jokes are in part tongue-in-cheek and in part ironic, and in part sarcastic, and in part him mm-hmm. going, isn't this, crazy? isn't this crazy? Which then mm. could, in turn, make it better. <laughs> um, mm. But a lot of people just go like, oh, you talked about a thing that you aren't in a way that wasn't mm-hmm. 100% positive, and uh, that means you're that's toxic or that's problematic or that's going to be more hurtful to that group of people or whatever and that mm-hmm. can be true also for sure. Uh I also think it can be true that no no no. I'm being tongue in cheek. I'm I'm pointing out the irony. I'm trying to say like look how silly this is that we treat people this way but I'm just doing it with an angle and a joke that uh
2: mm. mm-hmm.
3: isn't like, hey, you know, this group of people yeah. that I'm not in are the best. They're amazing. <laughs> well, that's not very yeah. funny. <laughs> so, so <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but uh, I try to make my jokes palatable to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because why would I want to upset people at a comedy show? I guess it's sort of my my position. Um, right. Now, jokes that I might post online uh, or or some of the jokes in my act, I'm like, well, no, I'm, I'm saying the right thing, I think. So if it upsets Mm you, then that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you're being a little too overly sensitive, I guess. or whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. a hard, it's a hard, that was a long answer to, uh, (laughs)
1: Sure <laughs> one of the things that I thought was kind of funny well I'm just I'm, I'm going to take it as a funny way because if not I'll find myself being frustrated about everything and I'm sure you can understand that with this past year which is one of the reasons sure. comedy has been such a blessing in my throughout my life is you know it's because it helps you not to take things and people so seriously but I feel like you know, and 2020 was like the year of everybody being so socially conscious and so woke that I was like, can y'all, like, give me a second to breathe? And just sharing a quick story mm-hmm. of what I I experienced on my social media is, you know, I always think it's funny because people act like, your social media as a democracy it's like no this is my Mm -hmm. perspective and things from my views and my life if you don't like it (laughs) there's plenty of people where you can go to their social media and do what they're and you know and enjoy what they're doing but you know we had that time where everyone was posting like the black square and all these certain things and obviously i'm very Uh passionate about what that time was about and and what you know um what was taking place and and the real meaning even if i may not agree with the organization i agree with obviously what was um what it was intended for from cool. the very beginning.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so which is so funny because people nowadays act like they don't understand what nuances are. They act like it's either this or that. And I'm like that's part of the problem. But anyway, yeah, I had yeah. someone who had I had someone who used to be a student of mine when I was uh, mentoring and teaching at high schools for the after school programs and she has no idea that I know that she was a mean girl even though when she would come to my courses she would act like you know, totally different and I'm not saying that's not a part of who she was because I believe in the depths of her heart she wanted to be what she was showing me and more positive and encouraging but she had no idea sure. that I knew she was a mean girl and so mm-hmm. she's like post, and she follows me she was I don't know if she still is but she was following me on social media and Instagram and so she uh-huh. comments under one of my posts that has nothing to do with what's going on like why are you not posting about everything that's happening right now and you should uh, be doing this yeah. and mind you now she, mind you, she's not black, and uh, she she's not like nowhere near black, and um, she's never yeah. lived my experiences. And so it was so funny for her to tell me, like what I should yeah. be doing as a black woman in America. And I just thought it was so funny. and I didn't tell her like that, but I, then I just deleted her comment. I messaged her. I said, Hey, if you have an, an issue with something that I post, I would prefer you to message me privately, and we can talk about it. I said, and also you can ask me about the work and everything that I do even before all this happened and that I'll continue to do even when no one's talking about it anymore. But then she just responded with her saying, you know, she said, I asked you once again, why are you not doing this and doing that? And so I just kind of just deleted it. And I said, here, these are some of my favorite organizations I want you to check out that are doing the work and all these. And so it was just it was so interesting to me because I feel like it was the year, too, where everybody wanted to prove like how socially conscious they were. And look, look at me. I'm not offensive. Look at me. I'm not problematic. And to the point where you're like, okay, can, sure. can, every, can can everybody like not try to push and force their beliefs or whatever? Like, it's like you want to prove so bad that you're not offensive and that you're so loving and you're so accepting of people that you're actually offending and being insensitive towards other people, you know, if that makes sense. And so I thought that was really interesting to see in this past year. And then you fast forward and see now a lot of those people are not talking about those things anymore because it's not the hot thing. And then people who've been doing this this work and donating and supporting all year round and obviously don't even share everything are still doing it, still doing what they do. And so I just thought that was really funny.
3: Well, there's a lot going on there because um, my sense is that that's predominantly a, I don't want to say a white problem, I want to say a problem of anybody who's not in a group or doesn't identify mm-hmm. as a part of a group trying to mm-hmm. decide for that group what they should be doing or um, that's pretty consistent and that's... Throughout all of American history and, well, European history, that's, you know, what white folks have done is try to decide mm-hmm. for other other groups what should what's best for them and what they should be doing. And the result, as someone I taught history, the result that I've seen is
2: <clears throat>
3: a lot of times, well, mm-hmm. especially in the black community uh, in America, go, hey, uh, we're actually worried about this stuff, <laughs> not mm-hmm. this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you know, a, a person who's black might be like, I personally prefer people to call me black. I know a friend who personally prefers that people refer to her as African-American. And that's okay. Right. We're two individuals who have those right. two differing pre- preferences, because that's how right. humans work, if you have different preferences. <laughs> but uh, I'd also like you guys to know that that's not, that's not what we're In our daily experience, worrying about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In our daily experience, we're worrying about lots of other things as a, you know, as a community. Um, A good example of this, because it isn't religion and it's not race, and so it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as, um, is I learned sign language when I was in college. And Mm. the deaf community is a very unique and interesting community, just like you know, all. And one of the mm-hmm. great examples is that people in the world think that the appropriate, or um, I don't want to say PC, but maybe that's the right phrase, but just the appropriate way to refer to someone who's deaf is to call them hearing impaired, right?
2: Mm-hmm. You see
3: it on closed captioning for the hearing impaired. That's been on our mm-hmm. TVs for 20 years plus. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and hearing impaired is out there people who are deaf hate that hate it Mm -hmm. hate it hate it for the most part okay again Mm -hmm. individuals who knows right but as a community in general really hate it because it's defining them by the one thing they can't do impairment it's such a negative word right and that's Mm -hmm. how they're being defined it'd be like if you called some white dude dancing impaired, oh, there's that dancing impaired guy. He'd be (laughs) like, what? Why are you calling me by the one thing I can't do? Well, you know what I mean? Like, just call me white. (laughs) That would be the same thing. Anyway, so, like, they just prefer to be called deaf. That's what he called deaf. And then there's hard of hearing. If you aren't, you know, near or completely deaf, people are called hard of hearing. And people who aren't deaf think it sounds harsh to call them deaf, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting. Why does it sound harsh? Oh, because you think it's negative. Your Um, stuff to deal with. Not their stuff to deal with. Yeah. And so that's a great example because you can talk about that and you can see the parallel to other groups and how it's like, Mm. oh, okay. But also, that's not their biggest issue. The deaf community Mm -hmm. has much bigger concerns beyond like, I've been wondering how someone who happens to be deaf and doesn't speak or chooses not to speak or can't speak physically has been mm-hmm. handling this time with, mm. every, you know, so many things moving virtually. Mm. Like, you know, if you're, I learned from a professor, I learned sign language from the professor who's deaf, but mm-hmm. didn't speak well. He chose, mm. he, he, he would speak, but he didn't speak well. Um, it was Mm -hmm. physically difficult for him. And so I thought, Mm -hmm. I wonder, I'm sure he's finding a way. And uh, he has ingenuity and he's clever and he's very smart and good at what he did. So there's a way, Um, but I've been concerned about that for the folks. But again, that's me as a hearing person going, "Hmm, I wonder how they're Mm -hmm. doing this. And they're probably going, we're fine, dude. Like we're not, you know, (laughs) and um, because people would go like, do you, do you drive? And they're like, yeah, we can drive. We just can't hear. That's the only thing we can't yeah. do. It like, is a very <laughs> like, famous quote. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very famous quote from the first deaf president of Gallaudet, Gallaudet University, where he goes, um, "You know, deaf people can do everything hearing people can do, except hear. <laughs> That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that we struggle with. We can do all the things. But anyway." that's a great example mm-hmm. of something that is a legitimate, um, you know, it, it, it it's, it's a lack of ability, the abil- lack of ability to hear, um, mm-hmm. in a group of people that are like, you've never once figured this out. Why not just ask us? And then the joke of course is, well, you're deaf. No, but like, uh, <laughs> but also there's, you just, why not just ask the folks in the group what they prefer, you know? Um, a lot of these movements that were well intentioned in this last nine months have been led by people and voices that aren't in the group. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would watch live protests. I would go down to Seattle protests because I'm a little wimp. Mm-hmm. But I would watch them mm-hmm. live on Facebook. And there was a lot mm-hmm. of discussion in these about, like, hey, you don't actually even live in Seattle. So maybe, no, maybe Mm -hmm. you're not going to be leading this Mm -hmm. charge. Hey, you Mm -hmm. actually are a white person, and that's great that you're here. Take a few steps back and not be the person leading this uh, group of people because you don't know Mm -hmm. the experience. And so that relates a bit to your situation as someone who, for whatever reason, um, is well-intentioned but, like, doesn't get it. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so they're just mm-hmm. constantly, you know, people just don't get it. And um, mm-hmm. how do you? And then that's that's and that you know, in the last several years of the Me Too movement of men just not getting it, and um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, um and and Times Up in Me Too, and just people, you know, just men just not getting it and being like, oh, you know, and they literally say, I don't get it, <laughs> and it's like, well then. <laughs> Maybe that's just maybe this isn't your space to be trying to tell people what to do if you don't even get it, you know. But,
2: uh, yeah.
3: mm-hmm. um, but yes, it. I'm a liberal progressive goof, and so I, uh, <laughs> um, I run into like you know, in that, but I'm also super white and a dude and, um, not in any way queer. I'm just straight, and so, um, because of all of those things, sometimes I don't, uh, I don't, I shouldn't be the one speaking about it either. Uh, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, aside that is like, I studied it and I taught history for years. So, like, I sometimes feel like I could be a good, helpful voice, but uh, I'm going to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Weird. It is yeah. weird to feel think- pressured into, like, pressured into being... Um, whatever, something different than what you want to be. <laughs> and people right. come to and the then, pressure, and then people roll mm-hmm. their eyes, the people that come to the pressure, and then you have all these people that would be on your side if it weren't for all of the, like, you know, seemingly hip- mm-hmm. hypocrisy or weird, whatever. Yeah, anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, funny enough, because of the me continuing to be myself during this time and not succumbing to whatever Anyone thinks that I how I should be doing anything. It actually, even if maybe all the numbers didn't show it on my social media, the interaction and engagement and messages that I received right. from people show that they were deeply connected with that. And I and that's what I've been you know learning you know um, with, with them being in in my career and with what we do is and it's obviously right. we care about the numbers because we're not I'm not going to lie and sit there and say oh the numbers don't sure. matter. But then I also think about being a woman. And being who I am and what I stand for within my career, understanding that, okay, if I'm going to be that focused on numbers, and I'm going to have to do what some of my other friends are doing, and I'm not willing to do that. And so instead, I'm going to focus on sure. the interactions and the messages that I receive and realizing that me being myself during this time is what's made such a positive impact and people being like, wow, I'm just thankful that I, I'm able to go this, and I know your social media is going to be this. I know you're going to be sharing these things because my whole timeline was full of this and full of that and people feeling depressed or discouraged or feeling hopeless or helpless and, um, and, and understandable, you know what I mean? But it's like, like you said, not giving into that pressure and you being who you are, you know, and that, that's, I feel like that's huge at the end of the day. And then, like I said, now here we are in January, you know, 2021, uh-huh. and some of the people, a lot right. of people that were, act like they were all focused on things before that were all hot topics are no longer focused on their things. They're back to the things that they were doing beforehand. And so <laughs> I'm like, you know, not to say there hasn't been any change that has been made, but like I say, a, a lot of things are um, external or performative things that are done, but then sure. really it brings no For great sure. change deep within the actual community. And so
3: right. that's
1: been interesting
3: to see too. Well, and I have a little bit of a Christian background and then that it's like lot of mm-hmm. Jesus talk about the, uh, Um, and whether you think you're the son of God or not not you personally but anybody it's like Mm -hmm. there's lessons to be learned just like any Mm -hmm. faith or teacher and there's a lot of like yeah it's not super great to be on the corner shouting from the rooftops that you're giving (laughs) Uh, (laughs) giving in silence um, or giving of Mm -hmm. yourself or your time or your talents in silence um, Mm -hmm. is probably a little less ego driven, right? And uh mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ego driven um perf- like you said performative is a good word. Um mm-hmm. stuff that folks are doing and if you really chatted with them and uh the what did you did you like go volunteer at a thing? Did you go spend some time? Did you give some money? Did you um you have a monthly contribution? Did you do a one time two dollar thing and make yourself yeah. did, you know, did you what did you do? But then it's like that's none of my business. But you're making it my business because you are putting it out there so like grand and loud. And uh, now mm-hmm. I now I'm curious. Like, what are you what are you actually doing to help? <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. uh, man, it all gets a little. That's when everybody has you know. Now that everybody has a voice um, <laughs> publicly, true. That's good in a lot of ways. That's really really good. Um, but then mm-hmm. it's uh, the, there's a lot of drawbacks that we still haven't gotten used to. And I think that's a lot of that culminated in this year. It's like, well, everybody has a voice. Mm-hmm. So even the cre- like super kooky conspiracy theorists folks have a voice and it's like, oh shoot, <laughs> I don't know if I wanted them yeah. having a voice, <laughs> but all right, I <laughs> yeah. guess that's the way it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been really fascinating Corey, share with us um, everything you have out right now and what you're working on. And then also, how can people, organizations, and companies book you and stay updated with your happenings?
3: Yeah, so I am – I would love to perform for people virtually for a while. I mean, that would be really amazing. Or if you're in Mm -hmm. an area that happens to be relatively safe, I'll come there. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, companies especially, if you're thinking like, hey – I would love to do some entertainment for my on a virtual sh- Zoom show. i like I said, I, I figured out how to do those really, really well, and I have some clever little bits that I do that are fun and good uh, technical stuff that, that uh, makes it enjoyable. And um, uh, my podcast with my buddy comes out every Sunday night or Monday morning, depending upon how efficient I am. It's called Homeschool with a K, Corey, and Andrew Rivers, and then. On all of the things, it's just Cory Michaelis Comedy. Michaelis is spelled Michael I-S. Cory without an E. Uh, a little difficult to find me, I guess. But uh, Cory Michaelis Comedy shouldn't be too hard if you... I mean, with autocorrect and everything these days, it it, it you get close and you'll find me, I think. Although there is this little kid who uh, sells cookies online and his name is Corey Michaelis, too, I think, and he like has way more <laughs> followers than, me. so not Cory Michael, so or he goes by mr Mc- or Mr Cory to Co- I don't know something uh <laughs> close to me, and it's like he comes up every time I search myself. <laughs>
1: that's so funny I've had such a blast um, having you on my radio show for this very special episode you were so awesome that we were like no we want to bring him on not just for a segment for your own entire special episode and one of the things we love to do with our little things initiative that we started last year which the little things initiative is all about sharing good news and helping to fulfill small wishes and dreams and also helping to support others is we will be making a $25 donation to one of your upcoming virtual or in-person shows to support your comedy career and your dreams oh, and wow. also so that you can give a free so that you can gift one of your supporters with a free ticket or entry to one of your shows so you can do a giveaway
3: that's uh, great. Yeah, I do. I have a monthly virtual show. So, and it's next Sunday night, January 10th. Um, I forget about that because it's, it's my local, I produce a local show that I've done for eight mm-hmm. years every month. Wow. Uh, but uh, for the next few months or so, we'll be virtual. Um, mm-hmm. So that uh, it's called Everett Comedy Night. And uh, yeah, I'll use it towards that or I guess we figure that out later, but uh, I'll, uh, I'd love for people to, yeah, tune into that as well next Sunday, January 10th. Anyway. Wonderful.
1: Thank you so much, Corey Michaelis, for being on the Sade Champagne show. I'm so thankful to have a friend in you. And like I always tell you, you're very encouraging and inspiring and you make me laugh all the time. And so I'm always cracking up at your social media and love watching your stories and Looking forward to when Great. I can see one of your next virtual shows and, of course, see you in person Alive, live man. again. <laughs> and I'm going to be cracking up so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this brand-new episode of the Sade Champagne Show on Grindhard Radio and 57WLLE.net, the beat of the city in Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: I'm De Champagne. Welcome to my show. I'm Sade Champagne. Where we dream dream. and lift each other up, I'm I'm Shade Champagne. champagne. Love is the answer, grace is the way, Shade Champagne. Champagne. We're anchored in hope, the Shade Champagne Show. And we keep the faith, entertainment, education, inspiration. champagne. Welcome to the Sade Champagne Show.